Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Christina Lee has been nominated by Laura for an Animal Game Changer Award, and we're so excited that she has taken some time this morning to talk to us and introduce to us a little bit more about her platform, but also tell us the backstory about how uh, her amazing work with rescuing deaf dogs came to be. So thank you so much, uh, and Christina, and, and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. We're excited to learn more about the amazing work that you're doing with deaf animals. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, we are so excited to be here. I have my deaf Boston Bowie with me. Uh, we have five deaf dogs here at Deaf Dogs Rock, our headquarters. And um, it all started actually 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years ago, August 1st, we started Deaf Dogs Rock. And it all started when I adopted a deaf um boxer puppy Nitro and um, he was a little uh, boxer puppy that was dumped at a river in Salem Virginia and one of my friends uh, Rebecca was the director at the city of Salem animal shelter and she wanted me to stop by and meet this dog and we weren't really looking for another dog but she felt that we were good would be a good home for him because we live on a farm and we have lots of fencing and we are big time dog people. So we adopted our first deaf dog, Nitro. And um, within 24 hours of having Nitro, I kind of freaked out because I, I didn't know anything about training a deaf dog. And there really wasn't a lot of information um, on the web. web, you know, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of information. I noticed um, with Nitro, he was super detached. So he wouldn't look at me, he wouldn't check in with me. And then I really felt kind of overwhelmed. Like I have no idea how to train a deaf dog. And so my husband, he helped me. He said, you know what? Well, we'll sign up for a training facility and we'll figure this out. So we started with the Field of Dreams uh, training facility in Benton, Virginia, and we did a puppy class. And my trainer in that class was from England and Nitro, he did so well. It was all positive reinforcement training and he did so well that my um, trainer from the UK, she was like, he's such a good puppy, such a good puppy. And it was their first deaf dog. So that kind of started it all. We started training. And um, a few months later, we decided we wanted to help other people by educating them on how easy it is to live and raise a deaf dog. And that's mm. how Deaf Dogs Rock was born. Ah, and it's wonderful. I'm sure that when your friend at the shelter said, said, Hey, come by. There's a, a puppy that I think would resonate with you. You had no idea that this would be uh, the trajectory of this unknown passion in you to help to give deaf dogs, not just the chance that they deserve and need at life, but to help their owners or their guardians understand 
that they're fully capable and competent, but they need to be obviously trained uh, in a different fashion. I have to assume, Christina, that your learning curve was then just exponential, that out of you receiving nitro, you were able, you probably went into high gear, then connecting with other organizations and people um, that, that are familiar with training and lifelong relationships with deaf dogs. Yes. Well, it's funny because we, we did training for a year and then um, uh, one of the local news store news uh, programs did a story on us and it went national. It went all over. And so they told the story of Nitro, how I was teaching him uh, American Sign Language and how easy the training was. And then what happened was people started contacting us. Like, oh, I have this deaf dog. I have no, how, no idea how to train him or I have this deaf dog that I need to rehome. And my husband um, is a math professor at Roanoke College, but he also does coding. He, he, he makes beautiful websites. And so I told him for my birthday, I said, all I want in two weeks is to launch a national website to uh, not only help deaf dogs, but help their families, talk them off the edge. And also, why can't we list? Why can't we work with shelters and list deaf dogs available for adoption? And then a couple of years mm-hmm. later, we ended up working with rescues all over and we sponsor them into rescue now. So, Wow. What a beautiful, well, first of all, it's awesome that your husband is so supportive of Mm -hmm. this newly found, when I say newly, uh, you know, you, you were not aware of this passion in you either, but that's awesome that he has fully supported you with the gifts and talents that he can bring to the table, like beautiful websites. So, so let's talk a little bit about, first of all, what's, uh, if you'll, let everyone know the platforms. What's the website called? So if they wanted to learn more, they can find you. Where would people go to find more information? Deafdogsrock.com. If you just type in deaf dogs on any Google search, deaf dogs rock will come up first. Um, yeah. We're on Instagram at deaf dogs rock and Facebook at deaf dogs rock. Uh, so it's just deafdogsrock.com. And we have training resources. We have some of the top trainers. We have, we only um, promote fear-free positive reinforcement clicker training. Yeah. And we have Terry Hayward on there. Uh, we have Laura Joseph from the Animal uh, Behavior Center. And we also have Savannah with um, Savvy Dog Training. I waited nine years for Savannah. Savannah mm-hmm. signs in ASL. I ha- we have so many deaf families that adopt deaf dogs, but they have uh, resources to training because they can yeah. So Savannah yeah. does all of our ASL videos. She does. She's got her deaf dog Sydney. She does our ASL mm-hmm. videos, and um, so a deaf family can come and they can learn right from her website. That's beautiful. That that is amazing. I was not aware um, that deaf human. I'm hearing impaired, but I've had 13 corrective surgeries so mm-hmm. that I I can hear, but I'm hearing impaired. And and out of that. Um, I guess I haven't thought about uh, adopting an animal with, with a similar impairment. And yet that makes total sense. And you oh, provide a resource so for that as well, Christina. Amazing. So many, like we have so many deaf community members. So yeah. And then I took wow. American sign language just so I could sign a little bit, but um, yeah, uh, Savannah was a godsend. I waited nine years. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And Laura is a personal friend of mine and I have met her deaf and blind, you know, blind animals. And so she's, she's a great resource, but how awesome because of modern technology and your passion coming along during a time when you connect with these people virtually, I'm assuming you probably have a a quite a large international audience as well. 
It's global. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, we even work with um, the deaf dog uh, rescue of Australia. Mm. Um, we work with um, Poets Vision in uh, Perth, Ontario in Canada. So yeah, and globally, I think we're probably the number one resource um, for the, the training and, you know, things like that. We, I don't list deaf dogs all over the country, all over the world. I try to keep that to the United States because I'm a one woman show. Yeah. So it keeps me really busy. I'm sure. I'm sure. And are you having then you also, just as you mentioned, your trainer, the, the English woman had not trained a deaf dog. Do you have resources for maybe trainers and communities that have never trained a deaf dog, but then you also have resources for humane societies that have identified that they have a deaf animal. You're able to kind of bring all those people into your fold. Yes. And it's funny because I probably get five emails a day asking for um, a deaf dog trainer in that particular area or state. And the number one thing to do is educate them that they do not need a deaf dog trainer. They don't need a trainer with any kind of deaf dog experience because we get them started here with watch me training and we get them started here with beginning sign training. Once they get those two things down and we teach them about marker training here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can walk into any, if they're going to a positive reinforcement marker training trainer, they do the two steps we have on our website. They can walk into any trainer and take it from there. And that trainer is more to train them mm-hmm. on, their, on their timing and how to lure a dog into place and how to give a cue and then, you know, uh, follow up by a marker and then a reward. So it's, you know, well, I do send people to particular trainers, some trainers I've never wa- worked with before, but what sure, we sure. do, I, I look for certain certifications mm-hmm. and we have all that on our website, how to find a trainer. Um, Terry Hayward wrote that out for us, what certifications to look for um, to make sure there's so many trainers out there that have no certification whatsoever. Yep. That, you know, oh my gosh, we, we are so against aversive methods like, yeah. you know, shot collars or pinch collars or things like that our deaf dogs have to train they have to trust us and they have to trust our hands and our hands are for good things only Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's beautiful about the platform that you've set up is that of course you're providing a safe haven for these animals that have been wildly not just misunderstood many of them mishandled um, not to mention abuse, miscommunication, you know, there's been a lot of miscommunication or no communication. So some of these animals are of course, physically, emotionally confused, bewildered, shut down, or you have to do damage control because hands have been used for fear and, mm-hmm. and n- not for good. Yeah, how it's... often are you, how often are you working with puppies versus adult dogs? Christina, I can only imagine that there's a lot of adult dogs who have never had the type of training, interaction, stability, trust building. Uh, are you able to provide a resource for uh, deaf dogs coming to shelters with unknown backgrounds? I, I guess I'm asking this question because some people, this interview could resonate with people and their thought was I could adapt, ad- adopt a deaf puppy who hasn't had any emotional abuse or physical abuse, but what about adult deaf animals? It's pretty amazing how once they understand that someone wants to communicate with them, how easily they are trained to, to respond. Well, you know, since we do sponsor 
a lot of deaf dogs. We're almost at the thousand mark as far as sponsoring deaf dogs into rescue. Um, each dog is different. I mean, every dog that we look at is different. Um, some of them are not rescue candidates because if they have aggression issues, if they have a bite yeah. history, then most likely they're not going to be a candidate. But what we had, did start two years ago, three years ago, was our rocker puppy pr program. And what we were seeing was puppies just being dumped at uh, shelters or at around eight to 10 months, they were being dumped at shelters because people would get a cute deaf puppy or they'd get a puppy and not know it's deaf and then yeah. not do the work, not do the training, and then just get tired of it around 10 months and dump it. So our thought behind the rocker puppy program is let's try to get the puppies into rescue where they can, their foundation training can be done prior to them yeah. being adopted. And we didn't have, we had a lot of breeders just dump on the puppies at shelters and then they just be adopted out to anybody. So now we have this rocker puppy program. If you have a deaf puppy in a litter and you contact me, it's going into rescue and we will sponsor it into rescue. And we do do the transport into rescue a lot of times. So great. So what we're doing is we're trying so hard to get the puppies before they're damaged. Yep. That's our number. And so that program used to be, we've never got puppies ever. And now if you look at our, we have monthly recaps under our donate button where it tells every single dog that we um, helped that month. Mm. And so now you'll see a lot more puppies and those puppies. So are, great. Yeah. They go to and experience shelter. They go to experience shelters. You bet. And how you're talking to a proactive veterinarian. So you are speaking my language when mm -hmm. you, first of all, you're dramatically preventing that animal from going into any type of horrific situation. But I think most importantly, you're getting those puppies when, when you need to be getting them before, mm -hmm. not only before damage occurs, but so that you're, you're able to instill the tools for appropriate communication early on so that you're able, you, the sooner you can get them, the sooner you're able to establish what's necessary so that they have a, a functional, happy, productive life without that dip into a black, dark, abusive or unproductive zone. So good for you. Amazing. You. When you get up in the morning, Christina, what do you love most about the work that you're doing? Well, probably when I get up in the morning, what I love most is that I have five deaf dogs I'm looking at and they all want their breakfast. So that's, uh, you know, I live and breathe my dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm also an artist. So I do a lot of dog paintings with deaf dogs and, um, you know, just helping people. I get thank you emails when I open my email in the morning and it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would have done. I was going to give my dog up. He was going to go to the yeah. shelter. You gave me the right information. I had no idea you were out there and now we're keeping them. That's the best email. Uh, I can. Yep. Yep. You're, you're, you're giving people the tools they need to be able to become the advocate for their deaf animal that they need to be because you're giving them the resources and the tools, which is really, really beautiful. If if you could let the world know one thing from everything that you've learned and experienced in this remarkable journey of helping to support this previously unsupported community of deaf, deaf dogs, what would it be? That a, do a deaf dog is just like a hearing dog. There's no difference. Um, the only difference is you're going to use, uh, you know, signs for cues instead of um, sounds and verbal. Um, and that 
they're a dog first. They come, when, when you consider adopting a deaf dog, they're a dog first. They're going to act like a dog and then they're their breed second. So you'll take that into consideration and they're deaf third. And the communication is a little bit different, but we make it so easy to learn. Um, we, we provide everything you need. And also just, you know, looking up a positive reinforcement training. If, if a person adopts a deaf dog, I want them to know if you spend six months to a year making that dog your priority and taking it out every day and socializing it and having fun and doing positive reinforcement training, you're going to have some dog for like 12 to 15 years, you know? So I want them to know that, you know, put the work in, you know, don't adopt a deaf dog unless you're willing to put the work in. Like both. Well, and first of all, that that's really important advice for all pet, for all parents, (laughs) two-legged, four-legged, don't, don't commit to caring for any other life. If you can't give the time and resources needed early on to be able to establish the communication, the trust, everything you need, you know, good puppies aren't born. They're, they're Mm -hmm. made and they're made through that fear free communication that needs to happen early in life. So the fact that you're advocating for that is amazing because what you're doing is all of the animals coming into your fold, you're giving them the best likelihood that they're going to have a, not just a forever home, but a, a deeply fulfilled life with uh, their forever parents, which is awesome. The amazing thing about what you're doing, I think, is you're also giving seasoned dog owners who maybe have raised lots of dogs or rescued lots of dogs, adopting a dog that's deaf, it, it makes us better trainers, better guardians, better humans, because we have to develop skills that maybe we haven't had before. I think in one way, it, it helps cultivate us to be more sensitive, intuitive, thoughtful guardians. And so I agree with you. Don't adopt a deaf dog unless you're committed. But those of you that are hearing this interview that recognize, you know what, I've, I've had hearing dogs my whole life. This is an opportunity to have a a relationship with an animal and you cultivating skills that you haven't had, but that same fulfilling lifelong best friend opportunity is there with the hard work done on our parts, right? The dogs are there ready to meet us and deaf dog training relies on us cultivating the better sides of us as humans and guardians, which I think is also a great opportunity for pet lovers. Yeah. And I think another thing with uh, being a handler of a, um, deaf dog, they're so much more tuned into you. And so you're going to see a, de- de- a completely different level of communication and bonding. In, yeah. With a deaf dog. yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I am so thankful, Christina, that Laura nominated you for your very well-deserved Game Changer Award. I love that out of this one experience, with that first deaf dog, you have developed a passion platform of not just educating people about the amazing opportunity that they have by creating a forever home for a deaf dog, but you're giving trainers the opportunity to branch out and develop their skills as training. You trainers, you're giving humane societies and breeders the opportunity to place these animals into loving, caring homes with the appropriate educational tools to be successful. I love the fact that you are doing everything you can within this community to really foster education. And then at the end of the day, a better life for animals that are hearing impaired. What you're doing is really important and we're so thankful you're doing it. Thank you, I appreciate it.